direct like we always are. From Socket Room in Socket Coral Gables, room. baby. Socket Room. Correct. Sunset or Coral Gables? Coral Gables, Sunset. With the man, 15, Mario. 1569, Sunset Drive. With the man, Mario Cecilia. How are you, man? How you doing, So Nico? good to see you. Good to see you, man. How you been? Good, good, good. Great. It's been a long time. Great. You know that me and Mario, we go back like 10 years, right? 20, 20. 20. At least. No, well, 15, 15. My boy. Shit. I'm happy to be here, man. We're going to talk that? about the old school and the new school. Hey, look. More delicious more food. food from Sake Room. Amazing. The food here, guys, if you have not been to Sake Room, you I have mean, to come. I don't know if production showing the food over yeah. here, but listen, amazing. Come to this location at Sunset. You have the location in Biscayne Boulevard as well. 275 Northeast 18th Street, which is Biscayne and 18th. Biscayne and, and 18th. Uh, and uh, Key Biscayne is uh, 328 Crandon Boulevard. They're all amazing. Trust us. Trust us. Yeah. And trust us, one more time, because once again, we start the show, we forget our, as you call them, hashtags or our handles, handles. love handles, etc. Guys, don't forget, you can find us at our website, www.nightlifeentrepreneurs.com slash podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, on Google Play, on Facebook, bro, wherever, anywhere. Oh, YouTube, you can see our videos live also um, and what else yeah everywhere nightlife entrepreneurs you know what um, keep, keep telling people man keep oh yeah go ahead go ahead <laughs> Ico Taps Beer yeah, yeah. Instagram I, oh yes you can follow uh, me at Ico Taps Beer and at Doral Food and Wine Festival and myself at the Nightlife Entrepreneur and LMG Miami hmm. what about you what, what's, do you have any on Instagram soccer room or soccerroom.com that's the uh, name of the restaurant, S-A-K-E-R-O-O-M.com. So Mario, we always start the show by asking a question. Um, how did you get into this industry? Well, uh, it was kind of a mistake. Um, I was supposed to go out with a friend one, one night uh, to one of your competitors at that point in time. Okay. Oh. <laughs> at La Coacha. So, uh, with, oh, shit. With Augusto Alverde, and we are going to go out. I was helping him promote. I guess we were back in FIU, and um, we were handing out flyers and helping out, helping him out to get a college party going there on Fridays. And uh, I happened to go there, and I met uh, Aurelio Rodriguez, who was the owner of La Coacha. Shout out to Augusto Valverde and Aurelio Rodriguez. Man. And he ended up he ended up telling me um, what I was up to, and I said, "Well, I was helping Augusto promote." And he said. Basically, that night he was having an issue with one of the doormen who was doing a number of things he shouldn't have been doing. And uh, he proceeded to tell me to come by the next week to talk to him, and I had no idea why he wanted to talk to me. And when I showed up there the next week, uh, he said if uh, he wasn't planning for me to stay, but if, if I live far away, I said no. And he told me, well, do you have a black jacket and a, you know, a suit or of some sort that you could come in? And he go, why? You, you want to work the door? And, he offered me to work the door that night and gave me some pointers and I just spontaneously stayed for the night instead of the party to work the door serious? with no idea. Yeah. So, so, I mean, uh, so you guys understand, basically Mario started in this industry uh, as a doorman, a doorman, um, like you said, mentioned that at that party at the beginning, he worked with us actually for a, for a while in different venues. He helped us out, um, you know, it was, it was something that I think he enjoyed doing more than having to do in a way hey but um, how did they identify like did you have did 
you speak to anyone about working in the nightlife or anything like that, or it was just something that they knew you, they was knew it, your persona. Was it your good looks? Yeah. <laughs> Personality. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye looks. No, yeah. I mean, I, I just think it was more a fact that I was easygoing and maybe, you know, easy to talk to. And uh, he, he, I, like, I met him briefly a week before when I came back, I guess he... I was a right fit for him, I guess. I didn't understand why he was asking me to do this. I was... He definitely saw something in Oh, I was a bit more shy back then and not that outgoing and to an extent, but I was easygoing on talking to people when I got comfortable. And when I got there, I guess, you know, it was 19 years ago, about 18, 19 years ago, and I was 18 years old. I wasn't born. And... Uh, <laughs> No, the math is wrong there. <laughs> Wait, I was, uh, no, it's more than that, 18, oh, wow. I'm, I'm 37 now, so do the, help me help me with the math. 18 plus 18 is 36. Wrong. Yeah. So about, yeah. yeah, that was, okay. that. it was the right math. Hey, You're the so one that's doing wrong with the math. Let me ask you something. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you, was it, um, was it like a compliment for you when, when they offered you that job because you knew that the, the previous doorman wasn't being honest and wasn't... Well, I mean, I, I think that right? it, it didn't come down to honesty at that point in time because I don't think he, you know, maybe he judged me on character the, talking to me and briefly, but I don't think you could really tell if I'm going to be a mm -hmm. scam artist at the door or not. Yeah. I just say it was more a fact that uh, it was the right moment at the right time and... Uh, I mean, I knew nothing about it to an extent that, well, my dad, my dad was actually a DJ back here and back in the day in Miami. Oh, yeah? Now, I'm not going to do the math for that, but it's over <laughs> what 40. Was his, what was his DJ name? No, it was just Mario Cecilia. There was no DJ oh, name. Okay. He, he, he there was like, a... DJ Cecilia. It was uh, by Me Miami too. Day. The, in the, I think the mix and the climax were a couple of the clubs where he used to work at DJing. And he was a, you know, he mostly played disco music and dance music back in the day. And, uh, Good music. Yeah, he That's tried awesome. to stay away from the rock because I, I do have uh, instances where he told me that a couple of, of the guys from Led Zeppelin would even show up and, and oh, yeah. you know, do some, uh, hit their guitar in there for a while and drive people nuts. And that wasn't really what he was into. But, I mean, and then I had gone to a couple nightclubs with my mom and dad because they had, you know, some of the friends back in the day still working as a doorman actually in opium when it used to be Mojito. I was like 14 years old and I guys remember seeing the guy at the door was really intimidating then I got to know him because he was a friend of my dad but I mean that's a perspective you know more of an intimidation factor of going to the door and seeing the guy because I was 14 years old when I right. went in there did you did you change the way you approached people like when you from when you started to I don't know how long you stayed doing doors ah uh, it's just I guess it all depends on where you're working at and what you're doing and who you're working for yeah I mean most of the time when I when I when I worked at certain places I felt very comfortable because I, I think I did a pretty good job and I was always fair, trying to be fair with everybody as far as the club and the, and the people coming to the venue. Talk to us about your, your, like your challenges, working the door. Challenges is just basically when there's a huge crowd out there and everybody wants to get in within the, you know, five minutes and you know by far in your head, you know, these people are looking at, to wait at least an hour, hour and a half if they're going to make it in the club. Wow. Because, you know, working right. with these guys, we, we work more than a few great venues and how do you deal with with the situation of like you know name dropping everybody name dropping oh i know this person oh i know huh. how did you deal with people that you knew basically i mean everybody had a cell phone yeah. even back in the day maybe not that much texting but yeah call them make them come to the door if they're willing to come to the door and recognize you and right. tell me to let them in i'll take care of you if not 
it's just gonna be something people ask me all the time is is there a trick to get through the door faster not can we use curse words here <laughs> of course not oh, being yeah. an asshole mainly okay. mainly yeah. just being humble and particular with me a lot of people that were humble or I gave an opportunity to a lot of people that maybe were more more on the on the humble side than not on the humble if you were an asshole you were basically not gonna get in unless right you know okay, so that's a tip all right when you walk into the club and you get to the door Try to be really nice to that doorman. You Change know. your asshole face. Is it, is it like yeah. an ego thing, though? It's not. It's Some it's people, even, you know, whoever it is, male, female, they just yeah. come in with, a, you know. With that, I'm going to come in at it. With a power trip, and, yeah. and, you know, I'm going to. And that's not really what a, a doorman will probably. I mean, I'm a human being. I'm standing there. I'll probably be nicer if you're nice to me, you know. Of course. Right. Don't, don't touch me. Don't grab me because I don't touch you. I don't grab you either. Yeah. I mean, to right. grab your attention, it's just. Stand, stand a few minutes, you know, and I'll, I'll, I, I know gradually who was there. i pretty good at keeping count who got there first, who didn't, who I should let in, who I shouldn't let in. What about the opposite? What's, what's the one thing somebody should not, you know, like for sure, like, okay, these people are not going to get in. There's no way. Well, I guess first thing would be grabbing me or touching me. <laughs> okay. Second thing, being shit-faced okay. and incapacitated to go into the club because I mean sometimes you know certain people just gonna be a, a mess. Uh, so let me ask you a question if, if somebody is being that asshole and that shit face and, and all those negative things but decides to come back and tip where is that balance you know I don't think I ever there's not really much balance with me I mean you work with me for a long time I mean that's why I was at your door because there was honesty and there was tipping or no tipping it didn't make a difference for me I usually I didn't really like tips at the door sometimes because it just makes makes everything look awkward and bad you know so one thing is if you say you're gonna take care of me and you pay your entrance and then I handshake you pass the line pass when you pay your cover charge because you gotta understand these guys are working their ass off and and uh, you know all week long they get that place packed and then if they're giving me the responsibility and they're the trust more than responsibility not to be screwing them over, you know, it this doesn't look good when there's any type of transaction to the to the doorman at the door. Yeah, some people will be slick about it, give me handshakes, you know. If there's a hundred dollar bill there, I mean it's gonna be hard for me not yeah. to take care of that. So for, for for those of you that don't understand what we're talking about there, we we're you know, what he's talking about is um, when 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 people get to the to the club you know, the first person you see is, is a doorman. If if they don't want to let you in, they don't want to let you in. A lot of people think, okay, I'm going to tip this person. And actually, a lot of doormans do take the tips. And they don't really, you know, not everybody watches out yeah, for the for the promoter or the club. You know, depending on, on, on who's the one that has the door. You know, whoever owns the door, it's, it could be a different person. Um, but, you know, the, when we are looking for a, for a doorman, we look for somebody who actually takes care of us, right? And who's going to be honest? And honest, honest. Yeah. And, on, and one of the things is we don't mind tips exactly how, how he mentioned. You know, the, the idea is for them to, 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 you know, make a little more money than, than what we can afford. But bringing, you know, making the people pay their cover, you yeah, know, helping them out in something. a different way. I, I think it's actually also very classy when, when, a, when a doorman doesn't accept that tip and kind of like follows that protocol. It says that, a lot that, about the person. It says know. a lot about the person and it says a lot about the place. So that's yeah. that's a great you know thing that that I'm sure other venues took, you know, they, they, they viewed that and they said, hey man, this guy, you know, we need this guy at, at our place because he's not, right. he's not, you know, shady, you know, he's really honest 
and he makes our place look you know look good. So that's that's a that's a great thing. Have have you ever been? Um, is there anyone that you've ever come across at your door that you were happy to see, like a, a celebrity, a fan, or baseball? You know, I don't know anyone that you were kind of like, oh wow, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting this person. Came to the club yeah. I mean, obviously there was you know a lot. One one day, I mean, somebody that slipped by me and I didn't even recognize because it was security okayed it and I, it was like uh, Drew Barrymore at, uh, at the Icon at Club 50 one of the I'd say one of the best best parties I ever worked that was definitely top two or three if not the best I mean wow. and she walked by me and I didn't even recognize her but I mean there's sometimes that I mean obviously if a, a, a big star shows up it's going to be good for the for the club and the yeah. venue and the promoter to have that individual so obviously you're going to take uh, care of your VIPs they're going to walk through Getting back before I forget, I mean, just anybody considering the spot. One thing is a tip, or you know, a tip can get you in trouble, you know, because maybe that person shouldn't be in. So you gotta be, you you, you know, you gotta analyze it and say, well, is it really worth the forty? I mean, anywhere from twenty to forty to fifty. I've I've had people hand me five bucks as a tip, and it's more of an <laughs> in, more of an insult than anything. But right. I mean, is it worth me putting that person in the venue? Well, if it's a hundred dollar tip, obviously, and they're okay and there's no issue. I mean, there was times that I would even tell, uh, you know, when uh, Julio or Gustavo were at the door, hey, man, I mean, this guy, I mean, he looks kind of crappy, but he just handed me a $100 bill. And, you know, <laughs> they were like, let him in. I mean, cool. you know what I'm saying? Because that kind of offset the fact that, and then, you know, they were good clients. Or so The greatest thing was having them come back. One of those individuals, like, walked in, gave me 100 and then came back to the door and asked me, you know, right away to get a bottle service. And he spent up. A big amount of money that night at the club, and I, nice. we wouldn't have let him in or expected him maybe if he wouldn't have gone through with the the whole tip. Right. Did, did it, does a, a tip could a tip backfire in a sense where they tip you fifty dollars, they come in and then they kind of say, "Hey, I already paid to get in." Or you know, no, because I would make I it clear. Was that was something that I would make very clear. And then before the way in is, I mean, irrelevant. If you tip me, you're gonna under. That's what I would tell people. I, I would tell them. If you're gonna tip me, you understand there's a cover charge. That's not, not a free pass. If you're gonna tip me and expect not to, not to pay cover, you're not gonna get in. Yeah, got it. I had an individual. I told that and persisted on telling them that to let him through at the door, and I wasn't gonna cheat the club. So I, I proceeded with giving him back his fifty dollars. He gave me okay. two, two fellows fifty bucks. I gave him back his money, and I kindly told him to leave the club. And that was the end of the story. I mean, I w I wouldn't like anything done to me that that you know I wouldn't. You know, I don't want anything to backfire or anything. Sometimes things happen, but if I if it's not right for me, it's not right for them. So if as long as it was fair, I'm a pretty fair individual. I mean, very honest and fair, I think. So at the point where I knew I wasn't screwing them over, it's all good, you know. Does it get to a point where you feel responsible for, like, let's say, you know, in a, in a, in a nightclub? Bad choices to let people in. The crowd. Bad, bad, the crowd. Exactly. The crowd. Like, well, when, when you have a crowd where where it's kind of like more women than men, you could right. say, and, and and everyone, women feel more comfortable because there's not so many men on top of them, and right. That's one thing. There's the looks. Right? There's the, there's so many things. And then, that, and then, the I, I think the most I, the most regretful are the people that you kind of know. You have in the back of your mind, this guy's gonna do something. He's gonna create some sort of problem, but you still let him in because. You give them a break, and then they do. They get in a fight, or they spill something over people, and they're a nuisance, or they do something stupid. Those are the biggest regrets like, because, as far as dress code and, and the looks on people and the ratio, I always, I always tried 
to, uh, to be fair and keep it well balanced. 60-40 at least. Sometimes you couldn't do it. But, I mean, that's the things that as the night progresses, you, you understand that there's great nights, yeah. there are okay nights, and there's terrible nights. And there's some nights where well, you got to... But you gotta, watch out for that. You would uh, be you, conscious that's, that's, that's my job. One, one thing I can say is that when Mario was there, we, we probably the exceptions were probably more of us yeah. and, and our sub-promoters and, and, you know, than... Than himself it was more on their side and because yeah. and I and I would tell him and then you know it's it's towards the night sometimes we get big, big fights big arguments I mean at the end of the, of the night it was it's everything's good we go in we have a right. drink and, and it's it's you know end of story but sometimes I would get frustrated because I was telling them you know hey we're right. you know but they're they're t you know it's not in a sense that they're trying to not keep their party at a hundred percent but some some nights aren't gonna be the the great night as it carries through, and they haven't, you know, they they've stood around a door long enough to know that, hey, man, even if you want to be positive and you think we're gonna have a great crowd tonight, it's gonna be so so yeah, crowd. So you, today. you lower your standards according to that, for sure. Um, but uh, cool. But, but so 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 when you go out, do yeah. you feel when you see a doorman? Do you feel ready? Like, oh, I got this. Like, I already know how to talk. Uh, is there is there a language? Is no, because I mean that, that you're just. You're getting my perspective. There's a lot of doormen that are just jerks, you know. Yeah. Right now, I'm, a, I'm 37 years old. I'm not as fit as I used to. I'm a bit older. And I showed up to a club the other day, and, and I actually went up to the, to the guy. I didn't, I didn't want to wait in line, so I kind of cut my corners. Went in. That's that you understand. You can't wait behind everybody and expect people not to move out of your way. You got to be aggressive, get towards the front of the door. Once I got that there, I told people, please stop doing that. For some reason, you guys get to the club, you stand behind, you stand there and wait for somebody to come to you, it's not gonna happen. That's a tip. You gotta go to the dormant, speak. Speak, okay. So I happened to work at that venue three, four years ago, and I don't recognize most of anybody in there, but uh, I got to the door and the guy, I kinda explained, look, I'm, I worked here, I was a doorman at this club, I'm a bit older, I'm, not gonna, I'm really not gonna mess around with the nuisance and all the kids and all. All I wanna go is inside, I have a friend, it's a birthday. If you say no, I'm just gonna split, I'm not gonna deal with it because yeah. I dealt with it enough exactly. on the other side. So I go, I mean, and I know that you're, the, you're, you're probably a doorman, right away he went, I'm not the doorman, I'm the manager. That's irrelevant for me because you're at the door, you know. But he right away he we started off on the wrong foot. I, well, I used to work here, and my position as a doorman was a lot better paid and a lot more. I had more responsibilities than the manager that had, they had inside, which was a clown to my wow. expectation. I didn't tell him that. Yeah. I just went along with him. And the next thing I know, he goes two, a minute, thirty, not even thirty seconds into telling me that, and he said he'd take care of me. Then, girl, you know, he goes, but I got to ch charge a cover charge and. I went and texted the owner. The owner was out on a boat, so he didn't get the text. He responded to me nicely the next day. I didn't expect any less from him because he's a nice individual. But he took me in. I go, well, if I have to pay, maybe I'll turn around. But when I surely I got there at the door, there was somebody that knew me from awesome. the venue beforehand, and they comped me, and I went inside. All right. Let me ask awesome. you a question. That's good. Um, did did the Experience. position in, in the uh, you know as a doorman help you build the network? you know that you that you built to start in the your restaurant new, your new business absolutely yeah when i when i started at uh soccer on biscayne boulevard i didn't i didn't i advertised one time in miami magazine uh off uh, some sort of program i was into with prime card and it was exchange uh, and i didn't really advertise other than that one time in miami magazine a full page 
And uh, I don't even think it did have made a difference to be on there because I think for advertising you have to be very consistent and there, you follow up month after month on the same magazine to create some sort of branding for you. But uh, it definitely, I started working at the nightclub and it was one, one helped out the other. Every client that walked into my restaurant, initially a lot of them were thanks to the nightclub. So the nightclub from being at the door, a lot. Me, me having cards, if it, didn't, it, was, it wasn't a conflict of interest, which I think never happened because we worked at, at nightclubs most of the time, not restaurants. Some some were sla restaurants slash nightclubs. Then you know maybe back off a little bit more discreet. But I usually carry 50, 60 car, car, uh, business cards on me. Whenever anybody came in, I would you know give them a card if it made sense to give them some a people, card. Some people some awesome. people didn't understand it. That's why I mentioned at the beginning that um, you working the doors was not a necessity kind of thing, and um, and I, I you know the the amount of people that you meet. When you're at a door, clubs, we're talking about thousands of people going through these doors uh, on a daily basis. Um, it's, you know, you can't measure, you know, that easy. So, yeah, you're the front. A, a lot of my lot of people don't understand why he would be the owner of this, you know, this restaurant and at the same time be doing that kind of thing. So, you know, it was good those, money too. I mean, these guys yeah, weren't cheap. They didn't. They weren't cheapo. They gave me. A, you know, you good, there was a pay, good payroll. I think that. You know what I would make on on two to three uh, two depending if I work two to three nights with them mostly two nights was uh, sufficient for on a, a monthly basis for me to cover my mortgage. I mean, plus the tips. So awesome. it was I, I had that taken care. Of. So oh, I mean, it, it was savvy. Both? Yeah, you were doing both. You worked. Yeah. you had the restaurant and, and worked work? the night. Oh, okay. And it was savvy because you know I made good money. They paid well. I mean, yeah. they had a great promoted. party going. They made good money. I made good money. And for us, the clientele he had at the restaurants was the, the kind of crowd we wanted. Yes. Also, so we knew that he was, was going to be invited. Yeah, yeah. I initially, I'd say, well, most of the people came from the nightlife into the restaurant. I built up the clientele once it started happening, and it was a happening restaurant and doing well. Well, it, the same thing happened. My clients would come in, I'd talk to them, have a seat, uh, and once I got, you know, hey, I'd give them a card, my business card, as well as look, this is an, an uh, uh, a complimentary ticket. Sometimes I would give them the ticket or, or a ticket or just a, a business card from Julio or Kija so they would have some sort of contact with them. And then, you know, a lot of people found it kind of funny that by the time they, you know, left the restaurant, I would leave sometimes early, take a quick shower, get dressed, fumble in late a lot of times. These guys gave me a lot of breaks for showing up late. Don't do it. <laughs> but I used to show up sometimes late because I was fumbling both things, but I think it helped us both. So when I would show up sometimes, I'm, I'm in a suit and a tie and they're walking in after eating at my restaurant and they're like, what's this guy doing here? It was funny, but you know, sometimes I didn't know if I was going to make it on time for that person to show up before me being there. And then Julio Arquilla knew, you know, this, this is a guy that's coming from Mario's restaurant, had, you know, had sp spent some money on dinner. It's probably a good client. We're going to take care of him if he hasn't gotten here. Did you ever do like, uh, you know, after the party you could go or the restaurant would it be? Open? No, the restaurant by that time was closed. I mean... How did you get into this part of the business, the restaurants? Well, I mean, I went to school for hotel management and hospitality at FIU. Well, after fumbling through 15 different uh, majors, I finally ended up doing the hospitality, uh, hotel management and hospitality. I went to school for like 10 years. I mean, I, I should have like three masters because I did, I did go to school. I did have good grades and I did fulfill them. It's just that I fumbled around doing, thinking what I wanted to do until I finally went into hotel management and hospitality. I worked at the nightclub. I, w I started working at the Ritz-Carlton in Coconut Grove as a concierge for a few years. Oh, nice. and, and then, you know, I, it was time for me to open up. I, I wasn't really that interested in the whole hotel aspect, more the restaurant aspect. 
So I went ahead, you know, I'm going to open up a Japanese restaurant where I can have a number of, you know, all my favorite items from all the places I go to under one roof and make it kind of a fusion and make it interesting and make it different, you know, not be your regular Joe, you know, sushi place. That and what, talk to me a little bit about that, that inspiration of the fusion. Where, would you say that your, your sushi is different because it has, you know, kind of like that Latin flavor? Yeah, I think that, you know, half of the items on the menu are traditional and it's what you expect to get elsewhere. You know, you're dragging your California, some of the basics, some of the basic salads, the miso soup and everything. But then I'd say we've gone, it's not half and half anymore. I think one third, one third or one fourth is the traditional and like three fourths is, you know, things that you're not going to have elsewhere unless, you know, this happens to be a fellow that worked with me and took off and opened up the place nice. and copied my, my items. So now, now you have three different locations, right? Right now we have three working locations, uh, Sunset right here which is here kiwi skein and the skein in 18th right now yeah okay awesome. so what would you tell somebody is the biggest mistake somebody can make when opening a new restaurant because i know you've also seen them open and close um, yeah i mean just it, it's not a race guys you don't have to uh it's definitely not a race so if you open one successful you know location i would i would strongly suggest you stick into it for two to three years i mean after two to three years, you should you should be gaining most of whatever you put into the business, and you should be you know on a, on a maybe after four years some places if you're doing well, but after three to four years you should you know have a profit to whatever you initially spent. So before you venture onto another one and start you know becoming thin in all areas, it's better just to become solid in one particular place two to three years and then go on and onto your next venture. That's a very good tip. And in all in all businesses, right? I believe sure. so. Yes. I, I think that some places are going to be more successful than other. Some locations are going to be great from day one. Some are going to take a little more push. So why not get one location after three years? Your investment's back in your pocket. You have money. Reinvest on your second location. Give it two to three years. And once you have those two, well, then if those two, you know, are making great, great numbers, and and you know, you can open and venture into two in one year or two in two years. But you have some, some, you know, some leverage with the other two to support these while they get going. Yet, then, yeah. But you gotta location is very important, and parking is ultimately a huge, huge thing about restaurants. When you have a restaurant that has no parking, it becomes a problem. Yeah, Mario. Mario actually was uh, part of one of our projects that did not go anywhere due to parking. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was That's a big issue. Unfortunate. Hey, did, did you ever run into anyone in your restaurant that you gave a hard time at the door? Yeah. Did you? Did they recognize you? Did, yeah. Did, did, did you At that point in time, I could you, be just be a client you, walking around, right? Did you hook them up or? Well, I was a client was walking around. I don't have. I never distinguished myself with wearing any tag or anything. So, you know, just play it easy for a while, or or see if you can get it. You know, suggest or send them a dessert, and you know, sometimes I break them a break. You know, I I was a bit of a jerk that night, or circumstances didn't allow me to be the nicest of guys. But here's some dessert on me. You know, oh, I took nice. care of an appetizer. Maybe, you know, we can mend things. That's I'll awesome. be at a certain that's club a good... tonight, go to the club. I'll take care of you. I'm not going to make you wait. We'll right. make it fast. Mario, I know you've um, had different different partners. Um, what do you recommend when looking for uh, the right partner? In uh, this type of business? Yes. Yeah, just uh, the right partner, I don't think, ever this? exists <laughs> to, to, in the sense that, who you know, uh, the, uh, there is a right partner for the right different for the right situation depending on what the situation is so I mean if you're gonna have a partner that's gonna come in with you and 
you got to make it very clear. Are you gonna if that person you don't think has the qualities to be a restaurant owner or the capabilities of running that type of restaurant or or can't deal with the stress of running running a restaurant? Then you should have to make it very clear from the beginning. Okay, are you gonna be my business partner? You're gonna be if you're gonna put capital and invest. That's what you're gonna do. You can come in, you can eat, you can socialize with whoever you want, but you're not gonna be telling anybody in my kitchen what to do, any of my servers what to do, because we're gonna to stick to that. You're gonna put the money, and I'm, a, and I'm, a, you know, I'll make, I'm, I'll work for it. I'll make the dividends happen. I'll make your money, and I'll give it back to you at the end of the month. So you gotta clarify what type of partner. I mean, I have type of partners that have put the money in, and they, they're still great at, you know. At, at the hospitality industry, they can they can carry their own weight and they come in and they help out and some of them are managers with me. But it, it depends on what what you're doing and what location. But just you have to set everything at the beginning. I mean, what type of partner you're look you you you're gonna yeah deal right with. because the passion I think it's important. They some people have passion, passion and it. love the restaurant business until they get into it. Exactly. So you gotta you know you gotta just be honest and be well, what type of partner are you gonna be. Are we are we gonna be partners at the, to the point where you're gonna be a manager one shift and I'm gonna be the manager a different shift? And are we gonna rotate? And are we gonna be uh, you know make it clear? And if uh, basically if that person doesn't have those qualities and has the money, then you have two options. You can either be very honest and blunt about it and tell them, I can do the I, we can make it happen, but I gotta run the show completely. And you look out from the outside as a, a you know, patron. As a, you know, consider yourself a patron while you're at the restaurant, except you're not gonna pay maybe, but or you have to, you know, walk away and let it ha- not let the deal not happen because down the long, down the, the path, it's just gonna hurt. You. So the tip is kind of like, if you're gonna come into the restaurant business and you find a partner, one of the, your, you know, first tips is be sure to have the right partner and be very clear. Put all the table, all the cards on the table, all the cards on the table, sure and all the papers on the tables and the pens. I think that yeah. it, when it comes down to to doing any type of business. You know, the best thing to do is put it on paper. The American way. Just take out a piece of paper, write everything down, make everything clear, give it. Don't don't sign then and there. It's and give a handshake and it's good to go. Even though there's, you know, give it after you have everything jot down and everything. Now, during the process, at not once, not twice. Maybe it takes five more times of sitting down. Keep on writing on that paper. Yeah. Keep on clarifying things. Oh, we went to buy out the floor for the restaurant, but this happened, and you didn't like what happened in that circumstances because they wanted it to be a gray wall, and you wanted it to be white. Understand? Who's going to make the choices? Make it clear from the so Who's that gonna... everything is in there. So once it's built out and made, everything's on paper, and then take it to a lawyer. Take it to a lawyer. Have it signed, and it's the right way to do things. So talking about partnerships, what's the worst thing that's happened to you, or that you think could happen when it comes to partners? Well. Uh, Financially, there could be problems when people aren't uh, straightforward and honest, maybe, of, 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 of funding the project or how, where the funding is once you have it on that white, on that paper and, yeah. and they don't fulfill that. Maybe funding is going to be one of the things that's going to scare you the most because that, even if the person is hard-headed or anything, some other things you can work out, but if the money isn't there, I think at the end of the day, it's a business. Business yeah. doesn't run right. without money. No money, no business. Yeah. Nobody's happy. So I think funding. Yeah, not, don't ever listen to the words "money's not an issue for me." You yeah, know? you hear that all the time. When you hear that from people, I think it's a. Uh, it's definitely an that, issue. See, see, this is the thing. If I lend somebody money, I usually don't bother them for the money until they come around and give me the money. When you lend somebody a money, somebody lends you, even if it's twenty bucks, and they're calling you the next, telling you before they're leaving when they're gonna pay, when they're gonna pay. Usually, that person that's asking when they're gonna pay, when they're gonna pay, 
is the person that will never pay when you lend them. Exactly. And in this case, that worry about funding is usually what somebody that is, you're going to have to worry about funding is going to tell you because it's nonchalant. That's why they say it, because they don't yeah. care. Yeah. Right. No, that's very good. And, and what do you miss? Do you still... When did you decide to stop doing the door? Did, did well, it's the fact that I, you know. Well, do you remember your last door night? Yeah. You do? You remember yeah. the last night that you just said, you know what? Was there Jaeger involved? No, no Jaeger. <laughs> it was actually a quiet night. Yeah. It was at. Uh, you heard it? With, with Julio and Kija. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was it and like it, a night that you just, I don't know, you heard it? It was a night that wasn't good like, for any of us because we were getting kind of screwed over by the club. Oh, okay. Payments weren't coming in. Um, and I understand, you know, and I was always, they, one thing these guys have always been good is that, you know, if they owed me the 500, 600, 1,000, and they weren't getting paid by the club, they would always, even if the club didn't pay them, they would end up paying me. And they've, I've, I don't think anybody out there can say that in that sense, these guys aren't 100% solid because they, they took the, the hit for a lot of us all the time. And yeah, there was times that it was frustrating because that's the nightlife, I mean, and they yeah. didn't get cut their check. And But if they had the money, they would take care of it immediately if it was something that was, you know, taking place months and months me, and it slowed me, them down. Yeah, let me pause for a second. You, you want to highlight that, that, you know, as a promoter, even when you had bad nights, you always took care of your staff. You took care of your people. Yeah. That's, me, that's something that for those promoters out there who are coming into this business and they're new, they have to understand that you got to keep your staff happy you gotta you know you it's, gotta if you it's take your the own hit, business it's, it's your own business it's your exactly. own business and it's not their fault that your business is not getting paid even though some people understand it exactly in the end most people will go out there and not you know be nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> when, yeah when they, well talk, we worked you know. together for over a decade and a decade yeah. and a half over 15 years i'm right. sure wow. and um I knew that they were good for it all the time. So if they had to take care of the promoters, take care of it. I'm, I kind of was yeah. part of the team. So, so but you know sometimes they took, they took the hit entirely, right. and you know they still came back to me a month, two months later, three weeks, two weeks, whatever it would take. It was a lot. And they took it, care of you. And they came Always back. Always taking care, care of, of your idea. staff. If, if, if let's say that so right you, now, if let's say that right now we there. we're owed about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars from clubs, yes. you know, from those one hundred and fifty thousand dollars that we are owed. There's probably about seventy-five thousand dollars in expenses yeah. that we still pay. Of course. So it's not only the one fifty; it's then the seventy-five that we take out of our pockets to, to take care of. And it happens all the time. And we have lost. That's Doorman, like we mentioned DJ. the day we, you know, we had Gaudi on the show from clubs like all, all types of excuses. Clubs that have closed. You know, like to, house. Yeah, and to things like 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 chemo. <laughs> yeah, house is the one that Gaudi mentioned. <coughs> House owes us yeah, 38 grand, actually. Otos, it's whatever. funny, that house had problems with everyone. Yeah. Um, but for example, with Kima, where the guy passed, you know, so it's really hard to find him. But um, but in the end, you know, somebody else will come and the place will open and, and, and we so, have to continue. So that last night. That, Let me interrupt you, one before yeah. I say that. At the same point, the guy from Kima, I've also seen them knowing that the night isn't going to take off. And I've seen them bite the bullet to try to help out an owner. I mean, they, yeah. It's not like they let them, you know, out there to, to, to you know, to die. They, they stayed in places that they knew weren't going to keep going, but they wanted to give an opportunity and a chance so that person could feel, you know, that they gave it all, all they had. But, and it was also 
challenge, right? It was, it's kind of challenging. Sometimes you have something. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you know, you know there's no, nothing's gonna happen, but yeah. you still. Sometimes they're foolish your best. though, because they went through and helped that continue helping. Uh, yeah. So, so that last night, you said you remember. Yeah. What? Well, how did, did you know? It was. It was something that you just said. You know what? I'm done. Let me focus into the. Rest no, I mean it was. This is kind of the party was gonna die off. I think it. I, the, the last night that I worked the door was the last night at the party. Oh. And then kind of like after that it was, you have certain things in your life that, you know, events that take place. I had gotten married, I had gotten back from my honeymoon, I'm with a wife, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it, it was time that, you know. A lot I, of things have changed. A lot of things changed, so it was time, you know, like, you know, it's not the certain circumstances anymore, it's not the same age anymore. Yeah. I don't think a doorman will ever look foolish at a door, you know, because I've seen some pretty badass 50 60 year old yeah. looking doorman yeah, out there and, and I go wow this guy's badass you know yeah. even so it's not a point it's not that necessarily the age I mean you never, never know the circumstances in life you know, you know I wouldn't have a problem working the door tomorrow if I had to walk I've had to lose about 40 pounds but I've gained uh -huh. some weight I don't I don't I don't fit into my suits anymore and it, that was a big thing I always like to dress sharply because if you're at a door and you're telling somebody that's trying to come in to dress sharply you know, to, to be allowed into the club and you look like shit, then there's no point to That's it. That's another tip. Hey, if you work in the door, make sure you, you rock your best suit, right? Your best oh, I jacket. had over you 50, look 60 suits. Awesome. Nice shoes, nice ties, nice everything. I try to look sharp all the time. And, you know, nowadays, yeah, if I, if I were to, I know that there's definitely adjustment to be made if I wanted to work at a club again because, you know, before Club 50, one of the funny instances, some guy shows up, wants to come in, he's a, he's a resident, He's wearing some uh, Prada sneakers and or Gucci sneakers that are worth about fifteen hundred bucks. He tries to tell me his shoes are worth more than my than my whole outfit together. I told him he wasn't right. My, that probably the pin I was wearing on my suit was worth more than anything he had in his <laughs> nice. whole wardrobe. But it wasn't the fact. I was lying. I, yeah. But I wanted to kind of challenge him. <laughs> it was a nice pin, though. It was a nice, it was a nice pin, and I was going. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling him. You know, I didn't, I, I came back with what the same type of instance. He was an asshole. I wanted to be a bigger asshole. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, nowadays, dress code is. Yeah. So nowadays, I would have to definitely adjust because, you know, I would definitely have to let the sneakers in, let the, the baggy pants. Wow. Some, you know, people. Now you see people going into the nicest clubs wearing the shittiest clothes they could yeah, wear. You know? remember how people used to dress out to go out? That's not a thing anymore. That's one now, thing I always now. think about when I think about if I ever were to go back and work at a, at a door was adjusting to my standards, not, not necessarily lowering them because there's no more standards. People have just decided yeah, to dress like crap nowadays. Yeah, it's weird. That's, a, that's, that's incredible, I guess. The shittier they look and the shittier and more informal they are, no, and sometimes so, it's the easiest no, way to and, get and, in. Well, sometimes also they, it, it, could look, it could look bad, but... It, Maybe they feel that they're allowed to wear it because it's expensive. You know what I mean? Like the Gucci sneakers, you know? Before, no sneakers were allowed. You couldn't come in. Well, I with, think it's also about sneakers. comfort. Yeah. It, this generation's, you know, more into comfort than, than the whole, you know, I'm, I'm wearing this and that. You know, it's just the way it used to be and the way it is now. It's different. Here, yeah, here everything. Right? Every, so, every, so, like you said, we, we, you know, not only him, we have to adjust in general. Yes. You know, everybody. Has, hey, but that's a good thing that you just mentioned that. You could be a doorman at any age. So for our viewers out there also, our listeners that, you know, just as we, you know, we invite you to become part of the nightlife as a promoter, as a DJ, and, and 
those who I, I would assume like if my DJ is 55 you know, if you want to be at the door you, you 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 have to have the hospitality mentality and you want to be that that person that that talks to people and kind of networks right crack a joke every once in a while exactly to break the so ice. so so that you know just know out there party people that you could come in to this to this industry at whatever age you know you're totally invited Some, and you just have to adjust sometimes you, you it's do have to adjust to be a little older because yeah. people are going to look up to you as more of a you know as an older person you're just going to have more respect towards experience. you and might make it more experienced and more respect towards you when they walk i mean you're going to be more experienced so people are going to look at you and and think of their mom and dad if you look a little right. older you know mario did you ever have an experience that was just the worst experience <laughs> that that made you go home and say why yeah, am I doing this? Doing this ever again? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a, for instance, one time I was working with another doorman that I was training, and I had somebody spit on him, and that was pretty disgusting. I, I can't say anybody spit on me. I've wow. gotten called any, any, any bad word, anything you they've can imagine. I've, you? I've, yeah. They've called me anything you can imagine. Wow. And uh, but I'm not. Thank God I never got spat on, but they did spit on a friend of mine and. Wow. Let's say that didn't go uh, good for the guy that, yeah. that spit on my friend. I, I mean. can imagine. So, so, so the the worst that could happen is just somebody not getting in and obviously just going crazy, you know. Well, I think they're getting yeah, know, somebody a, but spitting that's in, on. The, that's yeah, pretty that bad, but, and, and that's in his, in, in his case what he's talking about. But now, I mean, I've seen. Get I, I, I've seen guys. At yeah, getting best? physical. I've seen guys being sued, you know, yeah. for getting physical, like like bad, you know. That's horrible. Um, yeah, Why would you ruin like, your night like that? A good now, friend who was a doorman for a while, Erico, and I've seen people got hit in the face. Sued, like he, he got sued. He got sued. Uh, this was a La Guacha uh, with Aurelio also, and the guy basically, you know, he just picked somebody. You know, shout out to La Guacha. Threw him in the, in the in the canal they had across the street. What? Was, you know, stuff like that. He was a little crazy himself, but you know, in the end, it's it's a lot of things can happen. Yeah, it can definitely. What was get your, your your best moment? Best moment being a doorman that you were like, man. Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one time I had um, one of my friend's dad, who was uh, quite a character, show up in his limo, get out, and uh, hand us a check for like eighteen hundred dollars for me and the guy at the door for tips for the year. I mean, that's what he said. So he said, "What do we do with this?" And he said, "Well, you guys keep half and give the other half to the rest of the, the staff." And that's what we did. So we wow. got like. That's awesome. That's well, a great story. Yeah. Call, well, just huge tip nights. Yeah. I mean, that's it's business. Like, so I had smiling. the guy show up and give me, <laughs> hand me, I think the biggest, you know, the hand that was like three, four hundred dollars just given to me after he bought a table and just said, thanks for taking care of me. He gave me four hundred bucks on the way up to Club wow. 50. Yeah. Imagine the stories from the waitresses, <laughs> the really hot waitresses. <laughs> And yeah. which you know hey, we'll get so some let me soon. ask you this um does that kind of make your night does that motivate you more does that make you be different because if i'm at the door and i'm kind of down or whatever not letting people in letting people out and then a guy comes and gives me four hundred dollars that does that change your mood or are you like now like hey man everybody could come in take advantage for the next 10 minutes well, nah, I'm happy. not as much as that, as that but if i handed you 400 right now for the interview you'd be pretty happy too <laughs> <laughs> and you'd get crazy too i'll be, I'll be, I mean, right. just, I'll, I'll be eating this food all happy <laughs> <laughs> Shit. um so that's awesome all right let me ask you a question what 
advice would you give the new generation of nightlife entrepreneurs, people getting into this business in general, just in the food and beverage business, hospitality? Mm, you know? In general, for for a restaurant business, it would be one thing maybe, but for a nightlife entrepreneur, which is what you're doing, you know, I'd say that, that uh, one of the, the, the best things that we had, when I say we, I mean you, the group of promoters that you had, the individuals we work with, even the competition at times or, right. or anybody else that, even though we were working at night, and even though you know there's a lot, a lot of alcohol involved, uh, I think that, that most of the time, I'd say 90% of the people that, that were around us kept it clean, you know. No drugs. You know, if this is the type of business that if you get involved and you let drinking take you to other places, you're not going to make it. You get high your own supply. Amen to that. So I think so that's, that's the most tip. important. That's a good tip for I think everybody. that we're going to be very grateful for the group of people that we were involved with directly, let's say now, right. more than indirectly, even though that most of the people, you know, that in the Latin crowd parties and all that and, and that ambience, I mean... There was no uh, heavy drug use or drug use whatsoever, I think, directly with the main guys. So if you want to you wanna make it uh, in the nightlife, I think that one of the most important things is keep it clean and, and you know, be responsible. 23 years in the business, awesome. and I've seen drugs in my clubs twice. Oh, wow. Twice. And, you know, it's crazy. In 23 years. And, and it was shocking to me. It was something I'm completely against. You know, and, and you, we usually looked for people that were in the same yeah in the same boat, page. same page you know and it's something that um i struggle with a little bit with like the new promoters and stuff like because when they start their parents are still under you know like what are you doing what are you planning on? no i don't want you doing this go back to school and do this other thing you know um and and they don't see this as as, as real as a business they think right away my my kids gonna be doing drugs and and drinking too much and all these things And, and the reality is that in our ambiance, it's been very, very, very clean. Maybe you haven't talked about that uh, before, but I think it's an important point, especially for, you said, the young, up-and-coming yeah. generations is that. I mean, it was disappointing for me to go to a club which I had worked at, and it was clean, spick and span. You know, you, know, you, know, you understand that not everybody's going to be not using, yeah. but it was pretty decent. And then when I went back, uh, not working at the club, and I showed up at the where it was a very young crowd, and I showed up late, and I happened to uh, to have the door open from the women's, not even the men's bathroom. There was about 15 baggies on the floor. Oh wow! That's that was so disgusting for yeah. me and so disappointing, because why why was I looking at inside? Because there was a lady selling cigarettes. It was really late, almost closing time. She opened the door to hand me the cigarettes. There was the, the baggies, kind of like the, the wind just brought them all out at the same time. You know, and that was so, so disappointing. And I said, wow, you know, those are the things that kind of, you say, what, what, what's going on? And was that the time to let it go, let it go. And that was something that wasn't even working. It was at a place where I wasn't working, but I had worked years before. Seeing that, the baggies on the floor of, of, of drug consumption yeah. and seeing the crowd of young Yeah, young crowd, I'm not going to say underage, but young, you know, the young crowd barely legal to get into the club. And you see them in, under those circumstances, you know, partying under those circumstances was kind of like, wow, this is unfortunate. Disappointing. Yeah. And well, I think that if drugs would have been involved, like, I don't think this relationship would have lasted <laughs> oh, no, 15 I don't years. Think so. 
you know, I don't think we would even be here because uh, that just kind of kills everything, right? Yeah. You, you know, in the long run. So, so be professional, so, stay away from the drugs. Uh-huh. That's the biggest, the best advice I could give is something that we overlooked because we were, we, something that we greatly overlooked because we, we didn't know how fortunate we were to have the people that we had around us. And we always overlooked it. But once, you know, as an adult now, analyzing and thinking back, it's like, wow, that was weird. I mean, you know, we were partying and we were involved in heavy, maybe heavy drinking at times. Was Oh, we drank. We drank. Yeah. And it's not good on, by no means yeah, to yeah. drink right. either. and, it, drink, and, responsibly to that, and yeah. drink responsibly. Because yeah. one thing I had was, you know, I, I'll make a joke about it now, but I could be at the door and not have a drink because I wouldn't drink at the door. But once I went in, you know that that little game that you, you shoot the angle target and it, and it comes over and hits well i kind of would point it on the ninth and the perfect 45 degree angle and put all power to it and let it go and rip i think one of the reasons i i have a certain time that i go home is because it's usually when he gets out of the door <laughs> yeah. so that time was like i overshot yeah, it you know but one thing i would never do i mean even if i drank sometimes you know i would like i would li- like to have drank less than i did but i was having fun was one thing I had 20 bucks in my pocket, no Uber. Back in the day, no Uber. Yeah. 20 bucks would get me safe home. I wouldn't drive. My, my old man, awesome. my friends, anybody around or a cab would drop me off at the nightclub. And if I was going to have one drink, I would carry 20 bucks to make it back home safely. I would never drink and drive. So the, nowadays, Another you guys have no excuse with Uber, Uber to get involved in any, any drinking and driving because I've seen you know, 30, 40 minute drives of, on Uber, like 20, 25 bucks. Pay the 25 bucks. Yeah, no, Uber's No drinking and driving, be responsible. And, and back to the point, well, the greatest thing was on, of the group was that, the, the fact that there was no drugs, no drugs involved with our group. Directly. Okay. At the end of every episode, Mario, we, we, we do a little, we do a little um, segment that's called the Night Father. Yes. Um, you know, not being a parent doesn't, mean, doesn't, doesn't mean that we can't, you yeah, know, ask you about being a parent in this industry. How do you see that? Like, do you see it possible? Do you see it, you know, is it not possible? What are or, your thoughts or, on or that? How do you feel being married? Oh, I'm married. I'm married yeah. and I had, I had a, as my stepson while I was working and, you know, things changed because yes. I, I had, I couldn't sh- show up after 40 Jaegers to get home and the kids see me on those circumstances. But I worked some time while, well, my, my stepson, my, I, not even, I don't even consider my stepson, my son was with us. And it was just, you know, things change, you know. Yeah. And then the night, if I was at Club 50, 3 a.m. wasn't the time to get in the elevator and overshoot everybody with the shots of Jaeger and tequila. It was time to go home, you know. Exactly. Maybe go off for five minutes, say hi to the guys, have one drink, a beer, smoke a cigarette, get back into, into my, and go downstairs and, and leave, you know. So, so the, it does you could change. be. It does give you that kind of like. Yeah, you have to have. I mean, as in general in life, when you have a kid, or you're responsible for any you know young adult or, or ch- children, you're gonna things are gonna have to be moderated and changed. That doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. There's plenty of bartenders and promoters and stuff that have children and they know how to fit it in in their schedule in a way that you know they can think make things right and and, and make them work for everybody. That's involved in the family. What's the what's the latest that these restaurants are open? So. Yeah, restaurants are usually open till eleven or midnight. So, I mean, my schedule is kind of a afternoon-based schedule, noon to noon, noon oh, to okay. midnight. But okay. yeah, I you know I think you can obviously it's it's the same thing as being a, a waiter. I mean, if you're a cocktail waitress or a bartender or 
work at the door or, or the, per, the lady that charges at the door, you can still have your family and fit it in as long as you're responsible and know how to you know, manage your time wisely. I mean, it, is it the most ideal job? Well, I'm not that type of person to say that it's not ideal or ideal. I think it's what, depending on the circumstances and what's going on, you, you could definitely do it. Awesome. Man, Mario's been very informative. I love it. I love this interview. He's giving us, listen, anyone who, who, who's thinking about uh, working the door, being the Mac Daddy, you've, you've heard it from the best because uh, he, he not only has a lot of experience, but you see how he's taking his, his uh, network to another level now. And, and you're, in, in some sort of way, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're still kind of atten attending to those people yeah. that used to meet you at the door. Now you're just doing it in yeah. another level with your incredible food because Thank I think amazing. your sushi amazing is one of the best in Miami. Yes. So we're, we're really yes. uh, happy You know what? That he mentioned thing. something regarding the, the, the age you know, of the doorman. The fact that it, you know, it doesn't matter how old a doorman can be. And I was just thinking about it and, and what I don't recall is like very young ones. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Young, young, you know, like I was a young dormant. Like you started very early. I was and 17, 18 yeah. years old. So, wow. so, so you kind of, you know, you had a, a, a dormant career in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's hard to find young, you hey, know, wait, there has to be a little experience in order to be in that position. When you go to the city, to other cities, right? Like, do you go to New York? Like, I, yeah. I remember door doormans in New York when it's like below zero yeah. and they're at the door and. Oh, yeah. Man, it's. You know, they're covered up, but they're there all yeah. night yeah. long till 5 a.m. And it's tough. It's, it's tough. Crazy. I mean, you obviously don't have below the zero weather here, yeah. but I mean, there was hot days. The good thing there were some really days? cold days in yeah. Miami back in the day, days. too. And you got to stand out there when everybody's inside having fun and having drinks. But I made it a night. I had fun outside. I, I have no regrets. It's made me who I am. It's molded me into becoming who I am. And I think it was... I have no regrets about being at the door at a club. I mean, it was fantastic. You know. Are you, are you planning on awesome. opening more restaurants? Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll get a couple more restaurants going within the next couple of years. Yeah. I wish I could open up a nightclub. I don't know if that's gonna ever happen, but yeah. that's something or a bar, something more more towards the drinking. Well, we got some stuff to offer you later on. All right. <laughs> and like like I said, yeah, the age the age estate. for the doors, I don't think it really matters. Some of the two of the door like two of the most emblematic dormant was Massimo from the beach. That guy was, he's probably in his 60s now, but was in his 40s, 50s when he was doing the door, and he was wow. badass. And then you had the, I don't know his name, the guy at Bash, the little Italian guy with the huge tie all the time, who was quite a character. <laughs> That's you know? awesome. Yeah. And you got, you know, I work with, another thing, I, I work with a great number of guys, like Shota was one of the last guys, Perry, who was Perry. also, a, these you are know, all door guys? All, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Perry, Shota, yeah, very well, well dressed guys. And you guys all knew each other, and <laughs> yeah. kind of like all. It was Perry, Shota, and the stories. latest, and then I mean, a lot of great guys, you know. So, and they're still around, and they're still doing great. And some of them have ventured into other things, but they, you know, they were, it was great working along with those guys. The, the, I even worked with Davide, who works at the Wall now. Oh, we nice. worked at a couple places together, and you know, sometimes that was the funnest nights as a doorman. Was on the contrary, some people might think. It's a pain in the butt, and I was working alongside with another doorman. Oh, yeah, when you had two guys working one door, that yeah. was the best. That's right. when you had the most fun. You know? 
Yeah, I can imagine those stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To you, each you, other. You, you, you're sure. placing bets. Oh, yeah. I remember coming <laughs> up to one. I, I remember coming up to, to Ricky, one of our doormen, and, and saying, Bro, that girl's super hot. Why the hell is she not inside? I'm like, Exactly, because she's super hot. I'm, what do you mean? I want her there. I want to see her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's not getting in. I'm, I'm just going to take He's a like, look. like, no, I want her to suffer. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I want her to remember my name. Yeah. That's so, awesome. So, guys, um, we're very thankful yes. to have Mario here today. We are even more thankful for the food. I'm sorry, man. I, um, I kind of ate like all year. It's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. Um, and remember, man, just don't five tip bucks. five bucks. Don't tip five <laughs> bucks. Don't tip five bucks. Yeah, man. You know, I got three um, ones. You got no. three? Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. And I was excited because... So did that person get were, through? Yeah, got through, but it was <laughs> slick because they put the three and they wrapped it up in a bunch. And I go, wow, I got, I got yeah. 60 bucks here working on 60. <laughs> when I got it, it was three bucks. I was, wow, this guy's such a cheap ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Hey, who we have next week? Next week, oh. we have... Um, <coughs> We have a girl. Huh? The bouncer. First oh, no. Girl. It's not the first, bouncer. No. Oh, Next first week. First female in the nightlife. First female in nightlife wow. entrepreneurs podcast. So you guys watch out. Tune in. Tune in. Definitely. Yes. Um, again, Mario at Saga Room. Yeah. And SagaRoom.com. Nightlifeentrepreneurs.com slash podcast. Uh, I call Taspir at the Raw Food and Wine Festival. The Nightlife hey. Entrepreneur at LMG Miami. And Kusquena, okay. remember, Cusqueña. iTunes. As for Cusqueña, Spotify. Yeah. iTunes, Spotify, Facebook. Uh, uh, what else? All those things. YouTube. Find us. Night of Entrepreneurs. <coughs> See you next week. See you next week.